Howdy up. It's Leah Pika. One time in Canada, I fell off a snow tube lift onto the master switch for the lift, and I stranded everyone on the mountain below me. Ah, winter fun. And this is Present Beyond Measure, episode 14. Welcome to the Present Beyond Measure show, a podcast at the intersection of analytics, data visualization, and presentation awesomeness. You'll learn the best tips, tools, and techniques for creating analytics visualizations and presentations that inspire data-driven decisions and move you forward. If you're ready to get your insights understood and acted upon, you're in the right place. And now your host, Leah Pika. Hey guys, welcome to the 14th episode of the Present Beyond Measure show. This is my first personal episode of the year, just me where you and I will be having a cozy conversation by the fire. Mm-mm-mm. I hope everyone on the East Coast and Middle America has weathered the snow apocalypse okay. I'm actually recording this before the storm, so hopefully I will have weathered it okay as well. So stay tuned for that. Some fun stuff that I'm up to. If you're in the Austin area in March, I'll be sharing the stage with Annie Cushing and Rand Fishkin at Conversion XL Live. So if you haven't bought your tickets yet, but you're thinking of going, you can save 15% off the registration with my speaker code, Leah Sent Me. And that code will be on the show notes page, as well as all the resources for the episode at leahpika.com slash 014. Now it's time to read another lovely review of the Present Beyond Measure show first of the year. These make me feel all warm and fuzzy. And this is from SowCow50. Great podcast. Leah has actionable tips, a great voice for podcasting, and really insightful guests with each and every episode. Valuable resource for everyone to enjoy. That is just lovely. I really appreciate when folks take the time out of their busy day to leave a rating and review. I really do. So if you'd like to leave one, just hop on over to leahpika.com slash PBM iTunes, click ratings and reviews, and you're almost there. Super fast, and it's super, super appreciated. Speaking of taking time into your busy day, let's get to the good stuff. So I thought I would kick our first episode off by going a little bit outside of the analytics and presentation and data visualization realm we're normally in to talk about something that's very relevant to this time of year, which is New Year's resolutions. Every new year, I always pick one thing that I wish I could be better at, and I kind of hope that I do a better job of, and I usually completely fall short of that goal. And in the entrepreneurial community, being more productive is maybe one of the top three New Year's resolutions that gets tossed around, and they take this stuff very seriously. So productivity is definitely at the top of my list this year. So I thought I would kick off my first personal podcast episode with how to stay productive during presentation crunch time. Now, in addition to being a super passionate amateur homesteader and a closet video game dork, I've become a bit of a productivity junkie. And the main reason is I am terrible at being naturally productive. And looking back at, you know, my past years and my young and adult life, I had a lot of trouble paying attention to things, and I'm pretty sure I have some sort of attention disorder. But as with all of my weaknesses, I am hell-bent on finding ways and strategies for overcoming them and bringing my best self to my work every day. Now, what does productivity have to do with presenting data? Well, one of the most frequent questions I get from my audience about applying all the principles I talk about for best-in-class data presentations is... Where do I find the time to do all that? 
I have really tight deadlines. I have actual analysis work to do. This dashboard's got to go out in the morning and ain't nobody got time for cleaning up my charts or practicing my presentation. Yeah, right. Well, I see those things as necessary components for delivering impactful insights. So one of the strategies that I developed for finding hidden pockets of time was increasing my productivity during crunch time. I am a serial procrastinator, and sometimes I actually work best when I'm really under the gun, but I want to share with you the ways that I really buckle down and get my stuff done when I need to. This productivity overhaul I've done with my life has dramatically improved my concentration and my turnaround times. Just to give you an idea... When I did my first big keynote presentation for the 4C Summit about three years ago, that was a 30-minute presentation with 150 slides, and it took me almost four months of burning the midnight oil. With a six-month-old baby, that was not fun. So fast forward to this year, I created a one-hour, 200-slide webinar in under two weeks using a lot of the productivity practices that I'm going to share with you today. So here are five tips for staying productive during presentation crunch time. Okay, the first tip I have for you is prevent interruptions. Maybe the most important one. The New York Times published a really interesting article called Brain Interrupted, and it talked about the detrimental effect of multitasking. On almost every job description I would see when I was working in corporate, was a main requirement for the ability to multitask effectively. And the research in this article indicates that multitasking effectively is an oxymoron. It's basically like saying, stand on both of your legs, even if you only have one leg. You are just not physically equipped to multitask. Now, this article referenced another research study that found that on average, a worker is interrupted every 11 minutes. But once they're interrupted, it takes a full 24 minutes for their focus to fully return to the task they were working on. That's pretty staggering. But the New York Times article wanted to go further and focus on the quality of the work for when one is interrupted repeatedly. The study tested three groups. One was allowed to focus on a single task without interruption. One was told they could be interrupted at any moment, and they were multiple times. And one was told that they could be interrupted, but they never were. And what they found was that the second group interrupted frequently scored 20% lower on the task than the first uninterrupted group. You can imagine the compound effect that this has with the multiple priorities we have going on at one time and the multitude of interruptions that we get every single day in the office. Now, an unexpected and fascinating finding was that the third group who expected an interruption and never received one outperformed the other two groups. The theory is that in expecting the interruption, they marshaled extra brain power and their brains adapted to the possibility of the event. They're still conducting research on how you know important this is, but maybe this is a finding where you pretend you're going to be interrupted all day, but you've actually eliminated the chance of that. But for now, what I would recommend is following these steps to ensure you're not interrupted. And the first one is to mute your email notifications. You know that nifty little setting or feature that Microsoft Outlook provides where every single time you get a new email, a little notification window pops up in the lower right corner of your screen? Well, guess what? That little guy is totally screwing with your flow. As a corporate culture, we've come to think of email as this sort of 
thing where we absolutely must drop everything that we're doing and attend to whatever request comes along at that moment or the whole place is going to blow up. And that has created an expectation within our corporate culture that when we send an email requesting something, we expect that recipient to drop what it is they're doing and attend to us right away. I believe this has created a massive productivity glut in our organizations. So I decided to take a stand against this and I deactivated all of the alerts that I get from my email clients and other communications program when I'm in deep on a particular project during crunch time. I also require you know, students that I work with to try this. You will be amazed how much less stressed out and how much more productive you are just for making this one little change. Next thing is to block social media between your phone ringing and Facebook messages and Twitter mentions and Instagram hearts and Slack beeps. Ah, all of these distractions like Aunt Mona's latest cat video or the endless onslaught of baby photos, you know, they really add up and completely derail your day. So if you're really committed to this, you can use a nifty little tool called Freedom to silence all of the outside noise. It enables a cross-device campaign against social chatter so you can finish that crazy analytics readout on time, finally. The next is don't pick up the phone. That dang phone, people calling you all day with their priorities and things that you really don't need to worry about. Like, hypothetically, let's say someone's dad, this is completely hypothetical, he's blowing up every phone on your desk to find out if... You like broccoli, despite having lived with this person for 18 years and observing many broccolis consumed, you know, hypothetically. So if you really, really want to buckle down on this one, activate the do not disturb mode or even better, the airplane mode and mute that freaking phone. People can wait. The next thing, tip number two, is to start tracking where your time is going. So the first component of managing your time effectively is knowing where your time actually goes. How often do we sit there slogging away at our desk for an entire day and then suddenly the day's over and we ask ourselves, where did this time go? What did we really accomplish today? And that's because we kind of don't monitor where it is we're spending our time. Now, if you're like me and you have a severe case of ADD, you'll know how easy it is for the little email notification or I just want to check what's on sale on Zulily. This is a big problem and it's really important to adopt habits and a process that will help us stay on track. So Rescue Time is a cool little app that does just that. Once you log into Rescue Time and identify the sites that you use most and classify them into categories like work, social media, shopping, etc., it begins to track how much time you're actively spending on each of these areas. Each of those areas has a productivity rating assigned to it, and once it begins monitoring your activity, it will show you to what degree you've been productive throughout the week. Now, when I first signed up, I found that, you know, almost 50% of my time was being wasted on unproductive areas. So I really wanted to shore this up and I took a hard look at where I was spending my time and I tried to minimize the waste. And this started with looking carefully and examining the fact that I have 20 tabs open in my browser at any point in time. So I was basically playing a massive game of cerebral hopscotch where it was taking me three times the amount of time to finish one thing because I was too busy trying to finish five things at once. Now, the idea of focusing literally on just one thing at a time is something I learned from an incredible book called 
the one thing, big in the entrepreneurial community. Now, I have yet to fully master this idea and incorporate it into my physical process, but I do think of this concept every day, and it's something I'm really working towards. Okay, the third tip is to take frequent breaks, something we all kind of suck at. So the importance of taking breaks and resting your mind is something we hear about all day. But how many of us actually put this into practice? It's still something I struggle with as well, so I've started using something called a marinara timer. This tool is based on a time management method called the Pomodoro Technique, which was developed by someone named Francesco Cirillo in the 1980s. This method uses a timer to break work into 25-minute chunks with 5-minute break intervals. This is supposedly an excellent way to keep your brain refreshed and sharp as you work throughout the day and prevent fatigue. Now, I love the online marinara timer because it allows you to use either the classic Pomodoro method or customize the work segments and breaks. I find that 25 minutes is actually just a bit too brief, so my work stretches are 40 minutes with 10-minute breaks. Now, if you're like me, you don't know how to really take a break and keep yourself busy. So this next tip is great for those breaks, which is to do a home stretch. Tom Rath, author of the New York Times bestselling book, Eat, Move, Sleep, has stated that prolonged sitting is the new smoking. In a recent Forbes article, he stated, sitting is the most underrated health threat of modern time. Researchers found that sitting more than six hours in a day will greatly increase your risk of an early death. This is pretty alarming because being plugged into our workstations matrix style is an accepted and sometimes encouraged habit of our corporate cultures. I realized last year that I could sit for almost four hours without budging an inch when I'm really deep in concentration. And that was a fabulous way to develop severe hip pain and pedendal neuralgia. Fun. Now, when my marinara timer break hits, I do 90 seconds of stretching or jumping to reinvigorate the blood flow to my brain and get all the kinks out. So if you'd like a few ideas on some simple stretches you can do at your desk, office, or at home, I have a link on the show notes page to a blog post by The Muse to get you started. Okay, now for our final tip, which is don't let your inbox run your show. I feel it's really important that we begin to set expectations about this same-day turnaround for urgent requests we get from other people. Let's ask ourselves, how many of those requests are actually urgent? Is someone's life at stake? Probably not. And it probably represents a lack of concern over the other person's time, whether they know it or not. Now, this one takes collective training and a lot of commitment and tenacity to accomplish. I would love to empower a nation of analysts to summon enough confidence to push back on those one-hour, same-day turnarounds or next morning, not only for their own benefit, but for the benefit of their organization. If you don't feel confident in taking a stand and resetting their expectations, talk it over with your manager to get buy-in to support you in a campaign to gain control back of your valuable time. And the more valuable you communicate your time is, the more intrinsic value you're creating in the minds of the people you work with. Believe me, you and your work are worth it. So one way that you can do this, if you're using Gmail specifically, there's a nifty little tool called Inbox Pause, and that will mute any incoming email until you reactivate your inbox. 
Now, just as a note, this add-on doesn't work with the new Gmail inbox interface, ironically, but when I contacted them, they said that this was actually in the works. But if you're using the regular mail.google, this will definitely work. And at the very least, I would at least say no when your browser wants to activate desktop notifications for any email platform And actually, you know what, that goes for any application, really. Just say no to desktop notifications. And those are the five tips. Okay, let's seal the deal and quickly recap the five tips for staying productive during presentation crunch time. Number one, prevent interruptions, stem the tide of email, social media, and phone notifications. You'll be so glad you did. Number two, track where your time is going using nifty tools like Rescue Time. Number three, take frequent breaks to refresh your brain. Number four, do a few home stretches to get the blood flow going again. And number five, don't let your inbox and other people's expectations about your time run your show. So don't be a multitasking oxymoron and use these tips to quiet the nose and focus your mind to turn that data presentation out pronto. Okay, welcome to the upgrade segment, the power tip or tool that I have for you to help you do your job better, faster, stronger. So my favorite productivity hack is music. And I'm not talking about the latest Justin Bieber or Adele ditties, which can actually distract you. I use music specifically designed to enhance my focus when I work. And that's why focus at will is an essential tool in my productivity tool belt. It's an online music radio station that streams carefully curated neuromusic that instantly boosts your concentration. It offers different moods and speeds to cater to your particular productivity needs at that moment. You can bet their ambient beats are always playing when I'm in 11th hour mode. So you can check out Focus at Will at leapika.com slash focus at will. Again, that link will be on the show notes page. If you're not on that, but you're on Spotify, there are some excellent playlists for enhancing concentration called Deep Focus and Creativity Boost that you can check out as well. So I hope you found these tips valuable for staying on track when you're burning the midnight oil on your next data presentation. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Present Beyond Measure show. Once again, if you like what you've heard, hop on over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. And to catch all of the resources I've mentioned, visit leahpika.com slash 014. I've included a link to another helpful presentation productivity post from Ethos 3, which includes some interesting tips like exercise and the eating the frog technique. (laughs) That's metaphorical, I hope. I want to take a moment to talk about really how grateful I am for your support. Your listening and your tweeting and commenting on the show go a long way in letting me know that you're finding this content valuable. Now, if you're interested, I've launched a new way to show your support if you're so inclined. So if you recall from eighth grade history class, patronage was the practice of royalty and the wealthy supporting their favorite artists, sculptors, and musicians. A new company called Patreon has brought patronage to the 21st century, and it allows followers to contribute to a particular creator of something. And how it works is it allows you to contribute $1 or $2 per episode as a way to support production. But then as you go up in levels of support, you get some really interesting freebies from me, like a private suggestion box to ask me questions that I would read on the show, or even a free Skype call with me. Now, I absolutely love 
bringing you the Present Beyond Measure show, all of it for free. I'm thrilled to do it every day. But podcasting definitely has a price. And Patreon is a fantastic way to show your support and help ensure that I can keep continuing to bring you my best tips and all the awesome interviews for the near future. If you'd like to learn more, please visit leahpeka.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, for all the details. And again, the link will be on my show notes page. So I'd love to test that out and see where it goes. And today's presentation inspiration is from Crystal Payne of Money Saving Mom. And that is, if you want to become more productive, you need to become a master of your minutes. Love that. I hope that with these tips, you'll be mastering your minutes in no time. Stay focused. Namaste. So for me, it's definitely at the top of my list this year. So I thought I would kick off my first personal. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Present Beyond Measure show. If you like what you'd heard, yeah. Just to give you an idea, when I did my first big keynote presentation for the 4C Summit about five years ago, that was a 30-minute presentation. And that's not five years ago. My son is only three, so that's impossible. 